Welcome to episode eight of the Recording Story Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Newcomb, and Happy New Year, everybody. It is the beginning of 2020, and I hope everyone's uh, holiday season and New Year's were great and uh, slowly getting back into the swing of of regular life. Um, I know it can be tough. Uh, First off, I apologize for sounding uh, a little off. I'm kind of sick right now. I've been kind of fighting something for the last week. And uh, so my voice is a little deeper, and uh, but uh, pushing through it because I want to keep getting these episodes out every week for you guys. So uh, this week I talked to my man John Holst. Uh, John I've known for most of my life, and uh, we we talk about that in the episode. And in this episode, we we talk a little bit about a song we recorded a decade ago. We um, it, it came out in 2010. Uh, we recorded it in uh, 2009, but um, so we we talk a little bit about it and remember uh, what we can from from that long ago. But uh, this episode is more about uh, just John and I, John telling his story, which is really interesting, and uh, how he uh, approached music in the beginning, and uh, which is really cool. And um, we we just talk about just our ideas about music in general and share some thoughts back and forth so it was a really great conversation i love i love just hanging out with, with john we've just been buddies for so long and uh, we, have, we have always have great talks and uh, especially around music so without further ado here is my conversation with john holst all right i'm here with my man john holst how's it going buddy all right man all <laughs> it's right. so weird to say how's it going we've been sitting chatting for like an hour and a half already probably yeah, yeah probably about that much but for the listener it's a nice formality, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So John and I have known each other since 1998 and it is now the new year. It's 2020. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. So it's been 22 years, man. That's, that's too many years. I've, I've, yeah, that's a long, that's a long time. So we, so back in episode seven, uh, when I tell my story, I talked briefly about a band that I was in, my first band that I was in in the eighth grade, and that was Spam, <laughs> and that was with John. John was in that band. I, John, you started that band, man. You, yeah. you kind of got that going and got the boys together. But uh, yeah, so it's uh, yeah, John and I have a, a long history. So this episode's cool because we're gonna play a song that uh, we recorded ten years ago. <laughs> so we were ten years into our relationship at this point, and uh, it's uh, called uh, the problem. Mm-hmm. The problem with always or just the problem. Uh, the problem with always, yeah. Problem, I think I think we just had it written down as the problem on all of the we napkins were, we were using <laughs> in the studio. That's right. uh, so it'll be interesting to like play something where where I was really just kind of new at the whole thing, and and uh, both of us were just so fresh at like putting songs together and recording, and so. But uh, that'll be fun to listen to. But uh, we got yeah, we have we have a lot to talk about for mm. sure. So, hey man, so. Um, Tell tell us about a bit your story, getting started in music, and uh, a bit of your background there. Yeah, so um, yeah, again, sort of like we were just just uh, reminiscing there a little bit. Uh, 1998, it was it was pretty cool. Uh, back to middle school, um, and I honestly i. I was a huge music fan. I had recently got a guitar, um, you know, a little bit earlier. Was trying to figure out how to play standards like Tom Petty and and the Beatles and things like that by ear. There wasn't um, there wasn't YouTube on offer or um, or or basically anything that you could you could really do. You so you either had to like know somebody or you could try to read tab. Which again, patience isn't my best quality. So I, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't really into that. So I guess the funny, the funny part about it is that, um, when I met you, uh, you know, you already had the chops and it was one of those things where I remember being like in music class, seeing you like play drums and being like, Oh, well, this guy gets it. This guy gets, uh, this guy has, has a, has an understanding of, of all of this that I clearly do not. And, um, there, there was a few other players around, um, even even then, who seemed you know 
versed in it, but, but you definitely got it. So, um, you know, when we met, that was really cool. And, uh, you know, I remember seeing you play drums and just being, uh, you know, being well aware that, that you were, that you were, uh, in, in a different league. So, <laughs> Uh, you know, until I met your brother. No, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> my brother is in another league when it comes to drums for sure. <laughs> shout out to my brother, Matt. Yeah, shout out to Matt. <laughs> um, no, but, uh, but, but really though, that was, that was kind of the thing. And I, I do, I remember you sitting down at, at, uh, at a piano, um, and, and just me being, me being there and, uh, you playing, uh, Hey Jude and, uh, you know, me flipping out and thinking that, you know, wow, that sounds exactly like the recording. That's kind of what I want to be doing. And, uh, I remember shortly after that, um, being like, Hey, we should probably be in a band. Cause I mean... Yeah, we were you play music. I play music. Like <laughs> I, I, I hack music. You know music. <laughs> we could figure something out. Um, and uh, yeah, so it was it was one of those things. Um, I do remember being out like uh, outdoors on a porch, and we had like amps all around us. And That's uh, right, our drummer's house. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and, a, yeah. and a drummer like the drummer's house, and um, and a drum set was all out there. Like we we were nowhere near qualified or talented enough at the time to be playing be playing and broadcasting our music outward into <laughs> a neighborhood of any sorts, as rural as it may have been. Yeah, um, yeah. But we did, and we didn't care. But I do remember you, like, clearly turning to me and being like, okay, so, you know, we're going to go to, like, C, and then we're going to go over here to G, we're going to go to A, and we're going to F. And, like, they were just, like, basic chords, but I just remember being like, I don't know what you're talking about, <laughs> slow down. And, and that's the funny story, you know, like, you know, 20 some odd years ago, um, you know, I basically got my first lessons from Adam Newcomb, um, you know, ba just, just your crash course, like, all right, well, here's a C chord, here's a G chord, here's an A chord, <laughs> like just those basics. Uh, cause I never took any lessons. Um, I never, I never put the time into, to read. And I mean, it's a private shame. But, um, yeah, but, you know, I've always hacked it and, and really enjoyed making music and, um, yeah, and, and I've always, you know, since then regarded you as, um, as certainly one of, one of the, the cornerstones as to, you know, my approach to music even still. Wow. Wow. That's, that's crazy, man. You hear <laughs> amazing. Cause I, I was super uh, like inspired by your, like your, you were so into the Beatles when I met you. Like we called you Lennon. That's yeah. how. That's how. Like yeah. And I was, was messed up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you, you like your love for that music and for even just older music in general. Because I was that kid in the eighth grade, like twelve, thirteen years old, that just like you know knew like like punk rock and whatever, right? Just like new um, sort of aggressive adolescent teenager type music that rebellious type stuff and you and you had this love for like the, the Beatles like yeah had, and so it it opened my eyes up to like because I would hear because obviously I'd go to your house and, and you'd be you know playing Beatles tunes and it was like man this music is amazing and why have I not like got why have I not kind of taken it more seriously and um so it, that was amazing for me man your your passion for like just good music and great you know playing was amazing but the thing with your play you were just saying about how you never learned theory it wasn't something that you were really interested in so when I was saying hey what, this is a C chord or this is an A whatever you didn't you weren't sure what those were but I love people like yourself that don't know that stuff that you're uh, honestly like you're <laughs> you're like be, I, I feel I honestly feel like you're at an advantage in a way where because you don't know all the ins and outs of theory um, you're not thinking in those terms you're just playing things that sound good and that is so freeing because I find myself getting stuck for sure in the theoretical traps of like what technically is what you're supposed to play and what works in the key signature and, and whatever. And, um, it's funny. I was telling you before we started recording this uh, podcast that I listened to the EP that uh, we did 10 years ago and listening to the chords and the uh, stuff you're playing on the guitar. And I don't know if I realized it at the time, but man, the chords are like insane. And <laughs> and you would always say like, I don't know what this is, but sounds cool. And that's, that's the best, man. Like to be able to just have that kind of, I think it takes like a certain level of confidence for sure to like not care about 
Yeah. About, te- about technicalities and about like what's proper and like you're playing with your other musician friends and they're theoretically schooled and you're like, you're just, you're still hanging with them and still, you know, playing and stuff. So. Yeah, it's it's been a weird and thank you so much. That's yeah, that means that means a lot. It's it's been a it's been a weird thing where I think I think like in terms of guitar playing, like I've always played very percussively. Like I don't um it's I never had the whole like kajanga janga janga kind of kind of style ever. Yeah. And it you was definitely play like drums and guitar at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. it's a it, and I got basically doing that because I had the audacity to start like very, very young, like just playing, playing coffee houses and stuff and, and literally like learning everything by ear, but it was only me up there for like an hour to two hours at a time. Right. And then like, I started charging money and like, <laughs> I was like, I was like, no, like, this is great. Like you guys are going to come. This is going to be the best thing ever. Like this, you give me some money. This is it great? And I had to figure out a way to make, you know, the stuff that I was playing, um, a lot more interesting. And because right. I, you know, like, I mean, now, now I'm at the point where if somebody yelled out a chord or whatever, yeah, of course I can, I can uh, accommodate, but, but, uh, right. even still, when I sit down to write a song, I'm not in that frame of mind at all. I, and, and, I will often like, I mean, in, in working with you, like I'll show a chord and be like, I don't know what this one is like at all. This is a real, and I mean, I've played with, I've played with a lot of great people and they always tell me like how messed up my chords are. Yeah. Like I get that all the time where they're like, and, and, and I wasn't even aware of it until like, you know, somewhere, somewhere in playing like in bands where people were like, dude, like, are you a jazz player? And I was like, I don't, I'm maybe like, I don't, I don't know. But like the, but that was the thing is it was like, I've always been told that the chord choices I use are, are quite jazzy. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's like the best way to describe it. It's not, it, yeah, it's just, I don't know what, any other way to say it, but it's just, they feel jazzy, but you're yeah. playing, but you're not playing jazz with like rhythms though. You're not no. doing, it's not like <laughs> jazz music or jazz. It's, it's just jazzy style chords yeah. playing, uh, you know, acoustic style. Like it's, it's poppy, but it's, it's not, yeah. definitely not pop music, but it's, you know, it's, yeah, yeah it's very, yeah, r- very rhythmic and, uh, yeah. yeah. And yeah. And, and that's, uh, I think that it's like, that's, that's the thing, like, cause I could certainly never say that I was a jazz musician because there's so much theory in jazz. Oh man. They're like the most <laughs> schooled trained yeah. players that, yeah, on the planet. Yeah. 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 I just, I'm like, I think this sounds pretty cool. Let's build on it. Hilarious. <laughs> it's a great way to approach music, man. Like it's always, I think that's always like made you unique as, as a player, as a, as a songwriter as well. And as a performer, like whenever I saw you play a couple of times this past summer and it's like, it's funny because, uh, my wife and I were, you were playing down, um, by the beach where we live mm. and, uh, it's a beautiful spot. And it was at night we're walking down there and dude, I heard your guitar in the distance. And I was like, that's John. <laughs> I was, I was probably three, 400 feet away. I couldn't see you. I heard it. I was like, that's John's playing. Yeah. And, and, and that's amazing, man. Like you don't sound like, like you, you just don't sound like. And you know anyone else? Really, it's your own thing. So amazing. I feel like you're setting it up, and then you're gonna play something here, and then they're gonna be like, I don't know. That sounds a lot like a. <laughs> <laughs> sounds a lot like everybody else and me. No. <laughs> well, actually, that's a good segue. Let's let's play a song. We'll talk about it uh, more in depth. But like, um, let's play the song that we did yeah. ten years ago uh, from an EP with four, there was four songs in the EP. It's called The Problem with Always. So this is like the title track then mm. from that EP. And yeah, let's, let's, we'll play that now. And, uh, and okay. So also every episode so far, I've been able to play the rough phone recording, like iPhone recording of a song after it's been written mm. and then play the finished track after it's been recorded and produced and everything. Mm. This is 10 years ago. iPhones, we didn't have them. No. Like we didn't, I think maybe I maybe just got an iPhone shortly after we did this. Yeah. We did the CP maybe, and uh, so we just didn't have those. Even even a, even back then, if you had an iPhone, it wasn't really common practice. No. then to record something on your phone, you just. So I don't have that because uh, it didn't exist. So <laughs> <laughs> so we're just gonna play the finished song, and um, we'll talk about it. And sure, yeah, here we go.
Like it's, it's man, listening to that, um, really, well, it brings back memories about even just the, like what my studio at the time looked like. Um, I had very, like, I had some gear, but my, the studio itself was, uh, really new. Like it was, was, had been newly renovated maybe the year before or something. And my live room wasn't really treated properly yet. Like I didn't really have acoustic treatment on the walls and stuff like that. So I hear it in the drums. It sounds echoey and, and, uh, but it's funny, even things that I worked on a week ago, and if I hear it now, there's a hundred things I'd change. Mm. And listening to that, obviously, just from a technical perspective, 10 years later, um, there are definitely things mixing wise I do different. The drums, I w- you know, they would sound different and all that stuff. And it's funny, before we started recording this podcast, um, John said that he, hey, you had heard it and that you felt like the recording stood up, but the song didn't. And I was like, well, I felt the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> I felt the yeah. song stood up and the recording doesn't. And, uh, but it's funny because that was your part and the recording was my, and it's just funny how we yeah, are insecure no, I, about our parts. Yeah. Yeah. Like as, like as, as a song, as, as like uh, the songwriter in, in that, I mean, it's not, I still like it a lot. And I, I like the, I, especially, you know, there's like, there's little runs and things that I had forgotten about, like the pacing of the bass. Yeah. And like, that's, that was really, that mm-hmm. was like really nice. 
the guitar is like, it's really washy, but I like it. Like right. it was, you know, like that was a really, that was cool. And I remember recording that spot. Yeah. Um, I think like with most people, like looking back on, on work, um, the hardest part is listening to your own voice. Right. 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 Like I, I feel like my voice has changed tremendously in 10 years, which you'd hope it would. Yeah. I didn't <laughs> say, man, like the last like year or two, like year or two, like even going out and seeing you play live, it's like mm. a different voice coming out of you, man. Like there's, yeah. it, it's crazy. I don't know what you did, like what, what, <laughs> what changed, but like, yeah, it's just even yeah, last year or so. Yeah. It's, it was like one of those things where I think, um, I started thinking of my voice as an instrument. Hmm. You know, mm -hmm. where it's like, that was where, again, where it was like, okay, so I'm here. Um, it's just me. Like the last gig I played, geez, I was at a brewery and um, I played for three hours. <laughs> like, a lot of music. That's a lot of music. That's too much John Holst, like straight up. <laughs> like I've, I've paid a lot of money to see bands that I admire and respect. And if they started like pulling out like a three hour set, I'd be looking at my watch and heading for the parking lot. <laughs> like it's, that's a lot of music from one person. Yeah. And so I didn't, I, I just, you know, it was one of those things where they're like, they asked me if I could, if I could show up and do it and like three hours. Yeah. That is a long time. So um, in building the set for for that, I was like, oh, okay, like this is this is crazy, but um, yeah, let's let's have a bit of fun with the vocal, and that's what I've I've literally been doing. Like in in um, as as much as I play the the guitar in a percussive manner, um, I would say that my you know as I'm singing too, I'm just a lot freer with it. Nice. I'm just I'm just a lot more open. Um, and from seeing you, man, I get that a hundred percent. And it's funny how, so we, it's just a mindset change. You just are thinking about singing in a different way, really. It's yeah. not like, oh, I went and saw a vocal coach and they told me that you're no. just going, you're just thinking about it differently and you're just opening up. Like, yeah, you just, yeah, yeah. More like, like, again, more like an instrument, like something to accompany myself properly. Right. Where right. I'm like, yeah, you know, like this could use a little more heat. This could use a little more, right. Mm -hmm. Um, I certainly have opened up my vocal range a, a little bit more. I think I'm taking a little more risks um, mm -hmm. uh, in a live show than maybe I normally would. Right. Part of that, though, I think is just like being in your, like, you, you know, like just an age thing where it's like, also, I kind of don't care. <laughs> like, in a, in a, in a, in a in good... A, in the best way, yeah, though. In, in a good, like, respectful way. I mean, I'm at a gig. There's there's um, there's an audience there. You're being paid. You want to do a good job. There's all those things that come into play. But at the same time, um, I don't take myself too seriously. I mean, how could I? It's like, it's just one of those things. I just... Funny as you get old, the same thing, man. Right? Like, I actually, again, listening to that recording... It, I'm reminded of how seriously I took myself back then. Oh, yeah. Uh, it yeah. was crazy. It was, it was insane. And now, yeah, it's like I just I gave up on that. <laughs> just, I mean, I still had like an amazing time recording that. And I remember like, I remember the, like, there's like bottles of Baileys and Dorito bags <laughs> and like right. a and, lot of Doritos was and, like, consumed. In yeah. That. And just like, just like hanging out and like getting snowed in a few times. That's right. And yeah. like having to like sleep over at the studio and like, all those great fun memories um and like i mean that that's when we were like you know we were quite a bit younger quite a bit like like financially um like romantically like all these things like actually like legitimately freer yes. <laughs> like, yeah as, like yeah. as people but yeah. for some reason changed to like this perception of being like no with this we're professionals here and with this is what we're doing <laughs> and like no messing around like yeah. this is this is what we're doing right you know and yeah. i certainly do not approach music with that nope that attitude anymore I was, I, I've, i'm with you man for sure like i I think, like, again, listening to that and going, man, like, I I had no idea what I was doing. I knew some things, but, which was good in a way because we just did whatever we wanted. Like, mm. there was no real thinking about things too much. We just kind of played things and recorded stuff until mm. it felt like it was done and sounded good. And I go, and and now, like, knowing more, and I'm sure for you too, like, you hear the song, you're like, oh, man, I would I would, I would sing this different. I would change the lyric or whatever. Yeah. Because um, you have amassed 10 years of knowledge since then. Mm -hmm. Um which is good, but then at the same time, I think there's still a part of you from that that era or that time when you're young and kind of out of control and a little bit, 
and naive and all that stuff that you you have to still bring to your music in a way where mm-hmm. you can you can start to know too much and you overanalyze everything. Yeah. And it becomes really like the process of making music starts to slow down and it things just get over just over edited and just yeah, you know, it's just so so knowing it's I don't know, ignorance is bliss in a way. And yeah. and, and so there's some of that you gotta keep, but yeah, it's like yeah, I would say like I mean uh, I think probably the right like the the biggest thing about you know growing up with it all around you and everything is like hopefully you get to a point where you actually know um intrinsically what a song doesn't need right right, right. It's, it's less about what a song needs like where you where you hear somebody messing around with an acoustic going bring you a song saying like so here's what I wrote what can you do with it it's it's less about you know, oh, well, that's what this needs. It's, it's, you mm. know, giving that, giving the, the idea, the concept space to breathe. And right. And, and right. I think that that's something that I've, that I finally have figured out is, um, is not, not to overdo it with myself, like n- not to compete with myself essentially on stage. Oh. Don't compete with yourself. Like that, that's what I was doing. I was competing. I'd wait. I was, you can hear it in my voice now, but it was like, <laughs> I was way too busy up there. There was a lot of things going on and it was like, it, it's finally um, got to the point where for me in a live performance, it's stripped right down. Right. Like it's like, I'm barely like it's it. And I think that's what has made the difference in my vocals is because I'm doing less on the guitar. Whoa. Wow. It's, it's not, it's not, um, it's not that it's less complicated or that I'm not using jazz chords or any of that stuff. It's just far more nuanced. Mm. And I give basically the song, the time it needs to breathe. Right. right? And that's, and I find people, and and that's the thing too. It's a, a lot of it is, is reading the crowd and, and being like, well, that's what they're responding to. Like they don't want a busy sound. They don't want to, and and a lot and a lot of that too though as as we listen to that now, um, I mean music's changed in ten years as oh, well. Man, has it ever? Yeah, you know. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we were focused on on fitting into a, a style and a genre back then. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't think we don't think about that anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's changed. Oh man, tremendously in ten years. And it's I love everything you just said, man, because it's like. It's so in, in like a nutshell, it's like you're not wanting to impose your will on a song anymore. Mm. You're just trying to do it justice by doing, you know, very simple things. And that that's so what's doing songs justice is doing less is. is yeah. And, and like I say, you're seeing you're seeing audience respond to that positively. And that, I, I love that about people that it seems weird to say about people that go and play it live to real people because. Like it's it's weird to say, but I work with a lot of people in the studio that don't go play live, right? Mm. They just make their records and or their songs and they put them online and they don't play live to anybody. They don't see how their how their song connects to a person in a live setting. And so for you to have that perspective of trying things out, changing up your guitar style, changing up the way you sing, mm-hmm. seeing how that's working out on people and then rolling with it is um that feedback is just so invaluable like what and, and and it's you know hats off to you for um having your eyes open and noticing that stuff because a lot of people that people that do go play live bands and stuff um are just doing what they do because of what it's what they rehearsed and they just go out and they do their thing and they're not looking for that feedback and they're not looking to see how people are reacting to their music and and kind of keep doing the same thing without changing and um so you know hats off to you for like because that's what that's what it's all about Thanks, man. You're just trying to connect to people. I mean, <laughs> again, I know what I'm doing. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we got great, great insights, man. Like it's incredible. Yeah, yeah. And and this thing goes back to like when I met you, and I feel like you were way you're way beyond your years musically and your knowledge of just good music and music that was deep and like connected with with you know the world and and I was I wasn't on that plane when we met at you know 13 or whatever. I don't know how anybody could be. We were we were all just kind of like <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, we're, just, I, we're play, I think we were playing it um, for. I think I think we probably started um, for the same reason a, a lot of people start, um, which isn't a love and passion of music. But I mean, honestly, I wish I had an amazing story to tell, but I don't. Like I I noticed that a lot of the guys playing music in middle school 
got a lot of attention from the ladies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and, that, then, and then I was that's like, that's a lot, a reason why a lot of people start. <laughs> that's a reason why a lot of comedians start doing comedy. Exactly. Get girls it was, or, it was way, yeah. But it wasn't, it wasn't to get, but it, but it was a way to relate to somebody. Like right. I remember, I do remember like succinctly, I remember being like in a, in a class and I mean, this is, <laughs> but I remember somebody specifically asking me, do you know any Dave Matthews? Mm. And I was like, I don't know who Dave Matthews is. Honestly, I have no clue. But I went, like, I went home and I figured it out. And the next, like, few classes that I had with those, with those people, I brought out, like, like, by the end of it, I, by, by the end of that school year, um, I, uh, I had learned, like, uh, an album of his and could just play, like, from start note to the end. Like, and again, huh. that was really weird because I didn't know what chords I was playing. And that's what I love about his style of playing is, um, is it is, it's very percussive. So right. it was very natural for me to fall into and figure that out. But again, though, it wasn't, it wasn't like, yeah, I did it to, you know, to, to get chicks and stuff. But it was one of those things where I do feel it was prompted by some, by an interest in somebody who was sure. like, Hey, do you know, like, do you know anything, uh, you know, any Dave Matthews, do you know, like, I think like at the time, right. I mean, it, it, it's all dated, but yeah, like it, like, do you know any Dave, do you know any, uh, Matchbox 20, do you know any, like right. those were the songs that like at that particular point in time, like the girls that were hanging around, uh, like in our little circle were like, it's all well and good that you guys know how to play punk songs, but like. Do you guys know any like cool ballads that are on like the top forty? And right. it's like, yeah. yeah. And it yeah. was like, I absolutely don't, but I, I mean, I will. Yeah. Sure, I'll figure that out. Amazing. You know, again, you were beyond your years that way because no, yeah, there was no songs I was playing in the in the punk bands I was in that I could bust out an acoustic and play, <laughs> and play them. Right? It just even you needed the entire band. You needed drums. You needed you know mm. to be loud and. And but yeah, but you're you're you found a way to like play music in at any in any place really. Yeah. yeah, we were all just sitting around waiting for Green Day to read to write Good Riddance. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> all the punks. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just so we could pick up an acoustic and impress a lady. <laughs> that is so true. In the eighth grade, that was a song that like yeah definitely got you some attention. Yeah, for no. Sure. So yeah. I. <laughs> I clearly remember my um, my parents owning um, Full Moon Fever by Tom Petty. Okay, yeah. And so that was that's the one with Free Falling, I Won't Back Down, right? Like Love is a Long Road, like the, yeah. like those big, the big Tom Petty. Yeah, yeah, like there's 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 some big there's some big jams on that thing. And it was honestly like I mean I'd always loved the Beatles, I'd always loved all that stuff, but like for some reason the the song Free Falling, that was the song where I was like, "Oh, damn, I need I need a guitar." Like now. And I remember going to like my mom and being like, I need a guitar. And she was like, why? And I just was like, I'm like pointing over there, like to the record being like that, like, I want to learn how to play that. And I want to be able to sing that. Amazing. Yeah. And I was maybe, I, well, I mean, fans out there will be able to look up the year, but I, I feel like I was like nine or 10 or something. Right. right. And was just like, I need that. And, uh, I got, I, I got a guitar and, you know, I, again, no theory, no lessons, no anything. I started messing around with it, just go literally just working my way up and down the, the neck until I could, I could kind of figure, you know, something that sounded similar to it. Mm-hmm. And then it just got tossed back into the closet next to my like soccer jersey and like a, a gi and a bunch of other things that I had started and not cared about. And I, it literally stayed in there until about the time that I met you guys and was like, okay, like, let's give this another try. Oh, wow. Wow. I did, I did not know that at yeah, all. Yeah. <laughs> and it's weird because I've made, uh, like, I, I've been in bands where they're like, you know, they're, they're three songs shy of being a Tom Petty cover band. And I hated it. Like it was, it was the worst. And it's funny, funny. because, because at the, you know, at the start of, of, of everything, you know, it was that album that was the album that I was like, well, now I got to buy a guitar. <laughs> and then, you know, I, I started messing around with the acoustic guitar. And then I, re- I remember um, listening to Jimi Hendrix um, play Voodoo Child, Slight Return, like mm. that song. And it was in the movie um, In the Name of the Father. And it's in the opening scene where uh, Daniel Day-Lewis's character is like running through the streets of Dublin, I think. And there's just that, 
<laughs> right? And I was like, this sounds incredible. And just the way that the, the, the film was edited to that song, it really did something to me where I was just like, well, this, like, like screw the guitar I have. Like this, I don't even know. Like I need oh. whatever is making that sound That's, right now. Wow. And so, um, I remember getting, I remember getting, um, uh, a cassette tape of, uh, Jimi Hendrix's like greatest hits or something. And just listening to that, like over and over and over and over again, just voodoo child, voodoo child, voodoo child. And, uh, I remember begging my parents being like that guitar that you just bought, that's like sitting over there in the corner that I never touch. Yeah, I don't want that. <laughs> I I need an electric one now because this is what I want to sound like. Yeah. And I mean, that's super ambitious for anybody, I know. But at the same time, I was like, this is the thing. And I remember getting it and getting an amp and getting an amp with a distortion and being like, no, it's still, it's not there. And I know, that, and I know, A, I didn't have the chops, but B, I didn't have a wall pedal. So that, oh, right. yeah, so yeah. that was the next thing that right. I was like, I got to get a wall pedal. Right. Effects. Yeah. 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 And it was like, and then that was all I did for, I think like three or four summers was try to learn that song without YouTube, without all that stuff. Cause it wasn't around. Right. So it was just like listening to it over and over and over again. And eventually I got to the point where I could, I could play like most of that song. And that was, that was like my thing. That was my party trick was yes. like, that I remember was, you play, yeah, <laughs> I do like remember that. you playing that shortly after I met you. Yeah. 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 I was like, like yeah, yeah exa well, exactly. Cause I didn't know, like, and again, that's entirely a song that like at that particular time, I was like, I have no idea what I'm playing right now, mm. but I love the way it's sounding. hundred percent. I remember I, you gave me a cassette tape with a bunch of Jimi Hendrix on it. And I, I kept, <laughs> I kept looping. Uh, Purple Haze. Yeah. I freaked out when I heard that song. I was, cause it was kind of <laughs> like, yeah, it was just, I don't know. I, I, I actually, I love Jimmy's playing, but I love the drummer, um, Mitch, Mitch Mitchell. Mitch, Mitch Mitchell. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, his drumming was just so incredible. Yeah. yeah. His drumming on fire was insane. Like that, like it, that's the thing. Like it's just, again, it, that actually, I would say, um, like it, it, that style of drumming, like led me to paying attention to like, you know, what the Dave Grohl's of the world were doing. Right. Cause it's just, it's like bombastic. It's, just, it's yeah, like, it's yeah. just, you know, it's almost, it's, it's very near on the edge of doing its own thing mm -hmm. in the song. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like it, but it, working amazing. But somehow, yeah, yeah. But somehow, and again, it's because it's like, it's a, Jimmy's playing along, along with Noel Redding's playing on the bass. It's like, it's this whole style of, it's like everybody's doing their own thing, but they're all playing percussively. And yeah, and yeah. again, and that, for whatever reason, that's what I was drawn to. Mm -hmm. And I always, I often wonder about like, because nowadays with um, like in, even in the rock genre, like you have, just talking about drummers, like today, would a, would a Mitch Mitchell or like a John Bonham be able to be, you know, the way that they played uh, back then, would they be able to do that today? Because now we're always being like, play less, play less, simplify, mm -hmm. simplify. There's too many fills. It's too busy. Like, even as a producer, I'm doing, I'm doing that all yeah. the time with people. I'm trying. I'm definitely like trying to break out of that and let people play out a bit more and be more of like a personality. Like mm -hmm. really come out as like and have a sound and and you know and be picked out of like you know like if you were to play bands back to back, you could tell who the drummer is. Not oh, have yeah. everyone sound like it could be. It could be anyone. It could be yeah. one guy that did all those records. Like. Yeah. So that I always wonder about that because it's just it's you don't hear that very much in there's some bands for sure there are definitely exceptions but generally though it's like everything's kind of homogenized and you know yeah like there's like yeah in in our like in in our lifetime kind of thing like you know we we were we were obviously after the the bottoms and the the Mitchells and the, but I mean like in our sort of like musical when we were start just starting to figure it all out. Like the only person at that time for me that was that was like, oh, that person is doing that was Dave Grohl. Right. Yeah. Like yeah, I was just yeah. like, oh, well, yeah, that's obviously him. That's nobody else is making those sounds right now. So true. Yeah. And so um, true. Yeah. And I don't and like, yes, I mean, and especially as as I went further into things and I found like, you know, drummers like Carter Beauford. Right. Right. Travis Barker has a thing. Travis yeah. Barker, right? of course. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like things like things like that. Uh, like it, like ab absolutely. Um, mm -hmm. uh, certainly Travis Barker. Um, 
but yeah, like there's there's very few, uh, and I know there's going to be drummers listening in here like screaming at, at being like, what is it? This guy doesn't even know what he's talking about. It, it's true, but <laughs> no, no, but I mean, I mean, like, like by and large, I don't know that there's that there's a lot of drummers right now doing them. Right. You know what I mean? Like, like yeah. who are just like, yep, you hear it and you're like, that's what is up. That's, that's who they are. That's, you know, you know, yeah. other than the aforementioned. The, the ones we mentioned. Yeah, it's true. It's, and I, I don't know, I don't know exactly why that is. Like, I don't, I, I, I think, mm. I think a formula somehow was created over the years where things did get simplified and then everyone just kind of fell like everyone, you know, every drummer, producer, you know, guys and bands are looking at going, you know, like, just, you know, let's simplify things because this band did too. Mm. You know, they don't have a lot of fills, so maybe we shouldn't have a lot of fills. And, yeah. you know, like, it, it, and so we, everyone's kind of looking at what... Kits got simpler too. Yeah. Like kits themselves, True. right? They're just like, they're real stripped down. Like That's right. in comparison to, you know, what people were playing in the 80s and that kind of stuff, right? That's right. Yeah. So less, less, yeah, smaller size kits. That's, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Could also be that they're now everything's such a big wall of sound. Like as far as yeah. there's so many, like either, even if it's a even if it's like a three, four piece rock band, there's so many layers of oh, guitars man. and layers of synths and yeah. layers of vocals and back and vocals. There's not a lot of space to no, you know. And so, you know, yeah. So some of those drummers were just like um, they were filling out space. Really, they were they were just kind of making up. If you have like a band like like Blink, a mm-hmm. three piece band, so. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a lot of space to fill. But outside of like the, let's say, like asking you as a as a producer, like outside of the um, country genre right now, like when's the last time you heard just like a face melting guitar solo in a track that was doing well on the charts? Yeah, like in man, I can't think of nothing comes to mind right now. It's weird, but yeah. I feel like the saxophone solo is coming back in a big way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, I'm it's not the new guitar solo. Yeah, I don't hate it. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't. No. I don't hate it. We grew like, up on that. Yeah, because, like you've yeah. got. Yeah, like right, like in some of like Katy Perry stuff, and right, right. You do. You yeah. you got that total like Kenny G mm-hmm. style style, <laughs> style just ripping right, not yeah. like an alto sax. Amazing. It is amazing because it's like a guitar. Like you, you listen to a sax solo, and it can easily just be a guitar part. Oh, yeah. It's just the same thing. Just yeah. A different tone on the instrument yeah. yeah yeah and and i'm a big like uh i am a big 80s um fan like rock rock fan and i think that that's something that i've really like in in now in playing live too is i've completely changed my my set and just even in the songs that i that i pick now like with that whole less is more mentality um i tend to choose 80s um rock anthems and then just kind of give them my thing, like give them give them my spin on on strip it right down, give it really 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 simple. Um, I've been doing a lot of like Tears for Fears, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I've loved playing Tears for Fears. It's it's so you know like just that just that kind of stuff. Like you know when you're when you're just at a at a brewery or something, and people are just sipping on that. They have they ha- they do not expect me to get up and play something like that. Which is hilarious. Yes, yeah. I, I was, when I saw you earlier, I think it was back in the spring of twenty. Oh, I keep forgetting it's a new year. Back in twenty nineteen, mm. um, you you played a couple songs. I, I just yeah, hundred percent was not expecting. There was some Tina, like Tina Turner, mm. and uh, yeah, a couple of those like eighty students. I had never heard you do anything like that before. But you did it. In your, yeah, so you did it in your own style where. You start playing the song, you don't recognize it. And then you start singing, you're like, oh, it's that song. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, yeah, that's, um, yeah, that that's kind of, I think that's pretty much been my MO um, as of late. That's, that's where, that's where I'm at. So for you, is that, is that just make playing out and playing covers just fun, like more fun for you? It's like, you just get tired of like, is playing a cover the way everyone else does or oh yeah just, yeah, yeah, yeah for you you just got to do it different well, to, well and also fun. also too like like uh, going back to our point like i'm not i'm not theoretical enough to to sort of like analyze somebody else's song and be like well this is what they're doing mm. i'm more like I, I'm just better suited to to sit and like work out some of my own chords and be like oh look at this jazzy little guy this sounds pretty cool and then be like 
you know what? I could sing over this. Mm-hmm. And then and then I do it. And then people go, wow, that was really crazy. That was amazing. Uh-huh. Uh, I didn't I didn't expect that coming out. And I certainly didn't expect it to sound like that. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, that's my dirty little secret. <laughs> it's out. But, but, but that's the, but the, really, like, that's, that's kind of like what it is. I just never really um, bothered to learn how to play it properly. <laughs> What is proper? <laughs> what is that word even mean? Yeah. <laughs> what is normal? What is proper? It's yeah. yeah it's you. Yeah. You just you just do you, man. Like the, yeah, man. You've always you've always kind of done your music that way, and uh, your original stuff and that EP we did ten years ago. And oh. the way, yeah, the way that you do, the way that you play now too, it's always just kind of been your. You just you just done your own thing all the way through, man. It's re, it's uh, I'm being honest, like it's really. It checks me to be like uh, more like that <laughs> to just to, honestly, man, to have like a a real um, just like have character, you know, mm-hmm. have character with, when you're when you're like creating and just because uh, for for people listening and don't know John, like he he's also very um, artistically creative when it comes to visual arts as well. Like he's an incredible graphic designer and um, even an incredible mind for business. The guy he knows uh, marketing <laughs> and business very well. He's Thanks, yeah, man. so he's. He's uh he's multi multi talented for sure, but um yeah, and I've got I've got some new stuff that I definitely want to bring into uh, Newcomb Studios and get working with you and uh, and Matt again. And nice, we'll do it again. Yeah, so it'll be like a ten year reunion. We'll take another woo, make another record. But that's, that's a good spot for us to wrap this up, man. So yeah, thanks a lot for doing this. I really appreciate oh it, buddy. Yeah. Thank you, thank, thank you. you. Who'd have thought like twenty two years ago? Oh, too we'd long. be sitting in. So we're also in John's house. That was the first podcast where. I've, gone out of my studio and we're at John's at John's place and uh, who would have thought yeah I don't, I don't two know. kids are outside there <laughs> my kid is uh, I don't know where he is right now he's, <laughs> he's safe he's safe yeah, I mean he's they're safe. all relatively safe they're, it's all good don't worry about it <laughs> but oh, this is great man but anyways tell people where they can find you online and uh, yeah so uh, you can find me at uh, at John Holst Music at John Holst Media and uh, if you're so inclined, at John Holst. <laughs> perfect, perfect. And if you want to check out that EP we made 10 years ago, the problem with always you can find it on iTunes. Yeah, and... they still got it up there for some reason. Check it out. <laughs> it's cool. But uh, anyways, thanks again, man. Thank you. All right. Uh, that was my conversation with John Holst. And as always, I uh, want to highlight some things that we talked about, some things that I felt were noteworthy and worth highlighting. And uh, one, one thing I really love that John said about his singing was that he, and, and I, I've heard the difference in his singing in the last couple of years, um, and it, it was that he had just started thinking differently about singing. And, a, and just t- giving it a new mindset um, has caused him to become a better singer. And using his voice, he said he, he started thinking about his voice as an instrument. Uh, he, when he plays live, he plays solo, he plays just guitar and, and, and sings. So uh, he really wanted to up his game in, in the singing department uh, so that he was you know putting on better shows for the audiences he was performing for. And that... Uh, he t- he kind of tweaked his guitar playing to open up his singing, um, which helped. And um, I just like that that he he said he just he started to think about it differently, and and that alone can bring about huge change when it comes to your playing or your singing or your writing. Is uh, it's just a different way of thinking about uh, doing those things. Uh, it can really help. So uh, I know it seems like a like not much of a big deal, but it, it really is. Um, I, I've seen it work in John. I've seen it work with a lot of people that uh, that I work with. That they they think they start to approach and think about what they do differently, and it brings about uh, progress and uh, improvement and and all those great things. So wanted to point that out. And uh, one thing that uh, another thing I thought he was cool that he said was John. Uh, when he plays live, because he plays quite a bit live, uh, was really paying attention to how the audience were audiences were uh, responding to his his playing. He realized that when he was playing things more simply and not so busy on the guitar, that uh, people were just responding better. And um, so he 
he tested things out and he and he just kind of is figuring out what works and uh, i know he's always kind of adjusting and changing and that again seems simple but it's a great uh, practice to when you're um if you're a live um, player or a singer uh, to really pay attention to how people are are responding to your performances and uh, maybe change things up if uh you know like you're just not getting the kinds of reactions that you're you're wanting and uh so that's uh i, I love that he brought that up and one kind of overarching kind of theme throughout our conversation was really about character uh john like always exhibited like a strong character as a musician when i first met him uh he had a very unique style and it, it yeah it stemmed from him not really knowing um <laughs> theory and and notation and all that stuff um he just kind of played what he thought was cool and or sounded good and and he's maintained that throughout his entire musical life as long as i've known him and he still does that when he plays uh, live now and he plays covers he does completely different versions of of songs that he that he's covering and again he's just adding his character to the music and uh, and then we talked about um, musicians like John Bonham and Jimi Hendrix and uh, Dave Grohl and how they had uh, they had, again very strong musical characters people that are very easy to pick out as soon as you hear them as soon as you hear like Dave Grohl play the drum you just know it's Dave Grohl or, or John Bonham or you know these, these are very strong musical characters and so I wanted to point out that everyone has a character and it, it's what makes you unique as a musician, as a songwriter, as a singer. And to really own that and be proud of it and, uh, and, and, and embrace it, because I think a lot of us struggle with um, trying to maybe, you know, get rid of um, what makes us special and try and sound too much like someone else or, uh, you know, so just... Uh, embrace your character identify it if you don't know what it is look for it and and really um, own that be proud of it it's what makes you unique it's what has given us great music strong musical characters owning it and being loud and proud about it and putting it out there to the world and that's it that's it for this episode and again I apologize for my voice and uh, sounding not the greatest right now but um anyways I, I hope you enjoyed that episode thank you very much for checking it out and checking out this podcast i really really appreciate it and uh i talked last episode about a giveaway that uh, i'm putting together i'm still working out the details so uh, stay tuned to some future episodes and i will reveal uh, what the giveaway is all about again i mentioned that it's going to be something substantial and uh but yeah just got to work out some details and then I'll roll it out to everybody. But um, again, thank you for checking this out and subscribe to the podcast. If you haven't, leave a review. It would be really appreciated. And until next time, get out there and make some great music. Music.